Welcome to the Your Most Interesting Story podcast. My name's Rob, and each episode I intend to serve you up a big old piece of real-life pie as we hear about and dig into the most interesting thing that's happened to someone in their life. These are first-hand, true stories told by everyday people. Today we're going to hear a story from Ted, as he told it to my co-host Jake and me. When Ted decided to take a trip abroad right after college, there's no way he'd know that an impromptu choice made by him and his traveling companions would lead to a wild adventure that included death threats, illegal drugs, and medieval weapons. So the story takes place in my early 20s. I think this has set the stage for like some of the stupidity levels that were present in this story, which are, it's just important to know about. So you have me and my college roommate, and both of us were very intent on going to Europe after college and having kind of a, uh, you know, backpacking free work experience and putting in a lot of drinking in different countries. And so we did that. We went to a lot of first world places, you know, London and Dublin and whatnot, and did our drinking bits there and saw some cool stuff. Anyway, we went, got down to southern Spain in Barcelona and we met a couple of other guys who had similar plans and they were from South Carolina and we thought, wouldn't it be fun to go to the markets of Fez in Morocco? It was not in the plan originally, but we thought, let's do this. So the four of us, we were kind of fast friends, got on a boat and got through from Ceuta, which is the southern point in Spain, to the tip of Morocco, which is still Spain. And then you go to this very scary, at least probably the scariest border crossing I can imagine. It's on a really rocky valley, and there are a bunch of guys in sort of ceremonial sashes with many machine guns. And all of your bags are thrown up on kind of folding tables, and they just rifle through all your stuff. It doesn't look like a TSA thing at all. It's just guys who now have jurisdiction over your freedom looking through your stuff. You're about to meet an important character, a Moroccan government guide, who we occasionally mistakenly refer to as an agent throughout the conversation. So I had read uh, Let's Go Europe, which back in the day, you know, we used to read books and stuff about things instead of going on the internet about things. And so I had this Let's Go Europe book with me and it said, Morocco, pay particular attention to people who claim to be government guides because they're almost always scams. And I thought, okay, I'm a smart tourist now, you know, don't go for the government guide. <clears throat> we had crossed in and I mean like 10 minutes later, this guy came up and he had a badge and he said, I'm a government guide. Do you want to go down to my hometown of Tetuan, which is on the way to Fez, and then I'll take you to Fez. And I just abandoned everything I'd read. <laughs> like, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I mean, you're from the government and stuff. That sounds good. Knowing nothing about the government of Morocco. So anyway, we wind up with this guy, we head down to the this town Tetuan, which is not on everybody's like top 10 list if you're gonna go to Morocco. And he puts us up in a hotel that his friends own. All four of us are in this hotel. And we think this is very exotic and cool and we throw our bags in the room and... At this point, the cast of characters gets a little confusing. What with all the friends this guide has, 
There are the friends that own the hotel that Ted and his friends are staying at, and then the guide apparently also has friends that sell rugs. He says, I'm going to take you to meet my friends. And there's like, he has like 30 friends who sell rugs. And this Medina. Me again. But I think it's also important to explain what Ted means when he says Medina. More typically referred to as Medinas, these are the older parts of North African towns. Think narrow, winding streets, shops, street vendors, etc. In this town, like Medinas, I guess, are probably always like this, but you need to know your way around to figure it out. It's not like Chicago on the grid system. It's not like you go to 35th and you know B Street. It's a, it's a mess. So we wind up at some rug store and the guys are overwhelmingly friendly to us, which I would read at this age as being, they've got something to get out of this situation, right? Back then I'm just like, gee, they're friendly Moroccans. They love having us here. <laughs> so we go there. They saw, they just, I guess, assume we enjoy smoking hash because they gave us that right away. They're nice. They're thrilled to provide us with dinner, you know, cost free. And we, uh, we wind up going out with them the first night and they take us to this nightclub and it's, there's some rules around things that we weren't totally familiar with. And we got out and we started dancing. Everybody just thought we were hilariously... We, they, we thought, boy, they think we're funny. They're probably like, those guys are like, just stupid. Like they're just, they don't get where they are. And anyway, so we kind of made fools of ourselves. But the thing that happened at that place was... Did you guys some... have any conversations among yourselves? Like how fortunate you were to run into such happy, fun-loving, really accommodating people? Oh, yeah. We're like, boy, the Moroccans are great. We were like, this is really, we're so lucky. This, you know, we didn't plan this. And here we wind up in this place where they're so friendly. And yeah, we did. We had a lot of very naive conversations. Um, so at this nightclub, some guy winds up dancing with this woman. And one of her relatives took offense and stabbed the guy with a knife. This wasn't and somebody that, from your group. This was this was another... Yeah, this is all yeah, other people, not part of the 30 groups, 30 friends. And so these, the, the, the subset of these 30 friend groups, like descend on that situation and have authority in that situation. Like everyone backs up and suddenly they're kind of in control, right? Not cops, but them. Ding, ding, a little alarm bell there, maybe? Yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit. And so, but not enough to be like, hmm, maybe we should get our stuff and go home or just continue on to Fez. It was like... It was just kind of a minor incident. You know, somebody got stabbed. These guys step in as cops and, you know, the thing kind of winds down. I've been to a fair number of bars, and although a very small percentage of them have had any kind of dancing, I've never seen anyone stabbed. And if I did, I definitely wouldn't anticipate that other bar patrons would serve as the security force to return things to normal. So I found it interesting that Ted and his friends would pass this off as a minor incident. When I relayed this story to a Canadian friend of mine, who had also traveled in Europe in the late 1900s, he told me, quote, We were sometimes amazed at the naivete of young Americans, which Ted, obviously, does not deny. I think it's just uh, my radar was so undeveloped, um, just from a life of not having to feel like I was ever at risk. Meanwhile, back at the nightclub with the minor stabbing incident. And is booze illegal? Like, are you they serving booze at this nightclub? 
No, no booze, no. Just hookah, hookahs only. Yeah, and lots of smoking. There's a lot of smoking going on. And so we went back to our room. They were going to take, so they said the next day they were going to take us up. They had this giant rug store. That's the, the 30 guys like had this rug store. And it was impressive. It was cool. It was, so they said they were going to take us up into the mountains and show us where the rugs are made. We didn't ask for that, but that was kind of what they thought. Part of the guided tour. <laughs> Anytime the Americans come in, we bring them up to the rug thing, right? They come to Tetuan, which they don't. So we're like, sure. Unfortunately, it's raining the next day. We didn't go to the mountains. But uh, we wound up hanging out with this, this guide, and we went to his house and met his family, and we were up on his roof looking out at the city, and we're like, this is, you know, pretty authentic feeling and cool, and, like, this is experiential and kind of what we came here for. How well did they speak English? Were they pretty well-versed? Fluent. Okay. Fluent. The guy, so among that group, especially the government guide, the government guide wanted to come to America very badly. And I think he, I don't know how many Americans he encountered, but he, you'll hear at the end of the story what he says to us that, that really kind of proves that point. But so we, we hang out with him, we spend the day with him, we go back to the rug place time to smoke some hash and have some food you know on the house and i remember i'm sitting there in the rug store and this canadian woman young woman in her 20s walks in with her whoever she's traveling with this guy and she's like what are you guys doing here so what do you mean what are we doing here we're like eating and you know hanging out with these guys she goes why are you why are you doing that you know, she's read Let's Go Europe, but she didn't forget <laughs> or just pass it off. And so I remember her saying that. And like, I'd like to go meet her and say, like, I wish you'd just take another step. It's not her fault, but like, you should have said, like, come with us. We're going to go, you know, to Fez. But anyway, she said that. And then uh, we wound up. Alarm with... bell too, maybe any kind of registry there in terms of maybe something's going on. You know, it, it's been a long time. So what I think I was doing was judging her for being like so unadventurous. You know, like she can't even get into the culture to like hang out with these people. Like she's so disconnected, you know, from Moroccan culture. At this point, after hanging out with them for a few days, like, do you think at all that you are being groomed or like greased up in any way to buy rugs? Like, do you have any idea of what their motive is to get you really stoked on rugs? Well, so this is, so the thing is, I'm sitting two rooms away from a rug I bought from them. Oh, you already bought a rug, oh, okay. Oh yeah, no, so at, at that day, we did buy rugs from them. Like I I called home and got more money from my parents or however I communicated <laughs> with them that day. I, they sent me some money for some rugs, like they wired it or something. We went to this post office, there was like literally a chicken running around on a dirt floor. Mom, dead. Great news. <laughs> I met the most wonderful people. Anyway, I paid like 300 bucks for some month and I've got it and it's cool. It's like a, you know, it showed up, which is great. But <laughs> my guess is, you know, at that time I was like, my thinking is, well, it's a, it's a transactional relationship. They give us some shit that doesn't cost them much. I, we all buy rugs. They win, you know, it's part of the cultural exchange we're having all of that. So anyway, that, that, night we're walking around with them in the medina and again you need to uh, you need a host to take you around a thing like that and 
out of nowhere jump all of these guys with literally like maces, like a, a stick with a ball with spikes on it. Like that, Damn. that kind of medieval thing. And they start just beating the hell out of people. And we're like, what the fuck? And they, they didn't, I don't know if they just missed us or didn't target us or something, but they were just like, like Moroccans. Yeah. Moroccan people jump at these guys, these like guys jump other Moroccans. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like just beating on them with these steel tip things with these spikes sticking out. I think those are called maracas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, they start beating these guys up. And while that's happening, one of the South Carolina guys is standing with one of our Moroccan, you know, air quotes friends. And the Moroccan guy grabs his hand and sticks a little bag of hash in it, like plants it on him or something. Like to oh. get. I know. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And so, so how was how was the the government? He wasn't there. Government agent not there at that time. Okay, he was absent. He was actually absent that whole day. So you're with, we're with the the rug guy, the rug, the rug owner, the bunch of them, bunch of them, yeah, big crowd. And so this whole fight goes down, and then we're kind of we kind of half run, half somehow it, it resolves like. They, the guys retreat, and then we go into the rug shop, and now we're kind of freaked out. And so we're we're in this rug shop, and we said, you know, we should probably... It, I guess this is like that transitional point from stupidity to, like, semi-intelligence, where we said, there's enough evidence here that this isn't safe. <laughs> you know, we should, we should get out of here and just head on and, and and make our break and all that. And so we tell the guys, you know, we're interested in leaving and probably going back to the hotel and getting our stuff. We really appreciate it. And they have this little kid take us through the Medina. Now, I don't know the Medina, but I also, I can tell when I'm being led around in loops and stuff. Like we took the long way home on that trip. And we get back to this hotel and they're all there, all of them, except for the government guy. All the guys are there. With the, the mace guys and the rug guys? No, mace guys not there. Only the rug guys. So let's go back. I want I want to get some clarity on the mace guys real fast. So you're just walking around the, the Medina. Picture picture like uh um Indiana Jones walking around in some you know, kind of third world environment. It's like that. And it's so it's it's medieval. It it, it there's at there's Oh, that explains the maces. Yeah, well it does explain it explains the maces. Which is really interesting to see because I've seen plenty of maces in museums, but you just don't see them on the street that much, right. you know. So you're so you're walking around and suddenly, how many of the people are wielding the maces and and hitting people with them? I'm just trying to get a visual of that. I would say three to four. It's three to four. A lot more. And did they appear to have any kind of targeted plan? This is sort of a random mace attack. Are they just sort of hitting random individuals? Are they going after a particular group? It appeared to me that it was random, but it may not have been, especially there's a detail coming up that would suggest it probably wasn't. And then you turn to the rug guy who had just recently planted hash on your friend and say, this is getting sketch. We need to get out of here. He finds a little kid to give you the runaround. And that's where we left off, I think. Pretty close. We got back to the rug place before we said we wanted to leave. But yeah, that's largely correct. And so the little kid takes us all the way back to this hotel and all the guys are, are in front of the hotel. And they have a car there, and they took one of the guys from South Carolina from us, and they put him in a car, and then they leaned oh. a motorcycle against the door so he couldn't get out. 
Oh. And then they said, why don't you all go upstairs? And like, oh. So I'm sorry. Back up a little bit. They took one of the people from South Carolina, not your roommate. Was this the one that they had given the hash to previously? I don't know. If it, the hash was given to a South Carolina guy. I don't know if it was the same one that got put in the car. Yeah. It was the good looking one in case that helps. And if, it helps me. Yeah. He was he was extremely good looking. In Spain, no, he couldn't get away from the women. But uh, so you're talking about the the kid that walked you around the city. Did he have a pet monkey? No, no. In fact, that whole no, that whole stereotype didn't play out at all. No, okay. <laughs> we didn't see any pet monkeys. Um, so they get us back there, motorcycle against door, and then we go upstairs, the three of us. And we're just standing in the room like, oh, like we know we've made this huge mistake, right? And like the, now it dawns on us that this is, we've been played. The guy's down there for some period of time. It may have been more, no more than 10 minutes. He comes up and he said, here's the deal, guys. Those guys were going to take us to the mountains and kill us and take all of our shit. That was their plan. Ooh. So they were going to drive us up just into the mountains, pretend it was a rug thing. They were just going to take all our, everything we brought down here and just like kill us and leave us in the mountains. Yikes. So, and that didn't happen because it rained, right? Damn. Yeah. Oh, Thank God for the rain. Oh, man. Jeez. You were close to being dead. And so instead, what they're going to do is they're going to fill our bags with drugs, and then we're going to take those across the border for them, and they're going to meet us in Spain. Oh. I know. And they said if, they, if we don't do that, they're going to kill us here. And... You know, just hearing that and being in a, in a place like that, and there's no communication outward. There's no, like, call for help. We don't know the police. We couldn't even get to the police because we're stuck in this hotel that they're friend zone, right? Like, everybody's right. affiliated against us, and we don't have any local knowledge whatsoever. And this is before cell phones. Yeah, and even if, I mean, you're in Morocco in this little town i don't you know you're you're so far away from the world you know right and you're and you're you're operating you're me you i should say my silly young person self was operating in the framework that i knew from home which did not exist there and just overlaying like all the protections and all the stuff you know so anyway we're in the room and and we're we're kind of having this this existential moment like literally existential of do we do what they want us to do, which could result in us being imprisoned for the rest of our lives in a Moroccan jail, or do we actually just try to run for it, kind of? And the consensus, and we weren't all in our best minds, but the consensus was we're going to just kind of run for it. So we grab all of our backpacks, and we head out, and they're all, they're all out there. Oh, one minor detail I left out. The guys with the maces were cops. The dude who sat in the car with our South Carolina guy, he had killed a cop. And they were looking for him. And he when he when he was in the car with our South Carolina guy, he had a knife on him that the guy said was as long as his forearm. That's what he was threatening them with. And he already and the guy had said, Look, I already killed a cop. I think suggesting like you're not that big a deal for me. So anyway, that was that was the deal. It was like a cop killer thing. And I presume that's kind of like a gang thing almost with the cops and the other people there. But that's what that was. So there was like a killer in the group of rug people. So they'd already killed people. And they probably had killed people up in the mountains. I don't know. So 
we decided to kind of run for it and there's nowhere to run and that was it wasn't a great decision but we didn't have many decisions options that were good so we go outside all these guys are there who shows up literally at that moment like on cue the government guide shows up and he's yelling at these guys and they're it's all in arabic so we don't know what's going on we don't know who's on our side we're gonna like let's string them up and kill them we're like hey get away from them we have no idea what they're yelling and so the government guide visually appears to be on our side he's squared off against this huge group of guys he's yelling he's got us behind him there is like a quarter block away a line of taxis that we want to get to right to get a cab just anywhere out of there and so we're kind of edging towards that they're all screaming at each other the government guy turns to us and says i'm so sorry i never meant for this to happen i want to come visit you in the united states and i'm like oh yeah invitations wide open you know like no problem <laughs> bring your mace and stuff and so <laughs> we go and we wind up at like the third cab in line instead of the first one which made me suspicious right why is he picking that one and then he says a bunch of stuff to the driver in arabic which of course we're not going to question it. we throw all our bags in get in the cab and drive away from this just mob of people who are screaming at us and at least we're not near them anymore now we're headed out on some highway in the middle of nowhere and i know this is going to sound over dramatic but like it's it's just desert it's just flat desert and there are camels walking around like literally wild camels walking around and we're all just very stoic and like staring forward and I was like, God, I really remember saying to myself, like, I've never felt more far from home. It was just crazy. Like, so anyway, we're, we get, I don't know, an hour's worth. And then the cab pulls over on the side of the road. And we're all like, uh, <laughs> it's his buddy. He told him to pull over at whatever and they'll get us there and shit. So he gets out of the car. We're like, crap. <laughs> and then... Uh, he, he opens the hood and he does something in the engine and then he continues to drive, which was like, that was that was a big win for us, I thought. So the government agent or guide is not in this cab? At this no, point. he's not in the he cab. He just told him something in Arabic and you guys run your way. Yeah, and when we when he pulled over, of course, we thought what he shared with him is like, there's this point you should stop at that we all know about and then we'll just do it up there. You know, fuck these guys or something. Can I make an observation? I, I would suspect that no one in your group packed enough underwear for this trip. Regardless of how many pairs you packed? No, I think that's a very legitimate, yeah. That that was easily the most, this whole period of time is the most frightened and terrified I've ever been. It's really like I've only, how many existential moments do you have in your life if you're lucky? And this was probably mine. So we're in the cab and then we got to this border crossing that I told you about, right? And it's a... It's a makeshift thing. It's lots of barbed wire. It's lots of machine guns. It's lots of, you know. So you're heading back to Spain at this point. So we're heading, we're heading back. The, the northern tip of Africa is, is a Spanish territory. So you get into that, then you take a boat to the actual. So back uh, where you came from initially. Back to where we came from. So we're crossing across that same border. We pull our bags out of the cab. The guy just leaves. Like, I don't know. We didn't pay him. I don't know. The guy paid him. We didn't give a shit. But. We got out and then one of us turned to the other and said, holy shit, that was their friend's hotel. The bags are already packed with drugs. They didn't need to fucking pack. They already packed them up. They don't even need it. They don't need us to be part of their plan at all. So they packed the fucking bags with drugs. We're going to, we don't have a choice. You can't do anything now. Like you're, it's like being at TSA and like running away, like except that there are no rules. 
So I have this giant backpack and I'm like, this backpack's full of heroin and my clothes are in the room, right? And I'm gonna throw it up on this table and either they're gonna search it or not. And if they do, then I'm gonna go to that prison anyway, right? Did you confirm that by looking inside the bag or did it just feel off or just like you had the sudden like realization that... Realization and then, and it's not the kind of thing I would check right there because we're right next yeah. to all the cops and stuff. So if I pulled out, if I open it, it was full of heroin, there's nothing I can do that's different really than what I would otherwise do, which is just toss it on the table, which is what I did. I just, I threw it up on the table and I was just like, please let it not be heroin. Please let it not be heroin. And they, those guys, here's what, here's my theory. They just didn't think of it. They just didn't think of doing it, you know? Cause they could have met us over there. They could have gotten through the border and met us on the other side, no problem. I just don't think it dawned on them. So it turned out that there wasn't drugs. No drugs, right. and we got okay. across, and then uh, we took the boat immediately to get as far away from the Africa continent as we could, and then we went out in Seyudo and just got absolutely hammered. Um, it was a real celebration. That's crazy. Yeah. It, you were super close to having this interview be on Locked Up Abroad, like, 15 years after, instead of doing it on this podcast. For sure. So were you carrying that rug you bought this whole time? No, it, it got shit. So were the rug guys also the smuggling guys? Like they were, they had like the morality to shift the rug that you had purchased after they were, they missed out on the killing you in the mountains. Ah, he got us. We're going to mail him this rug. What a great point. I never even thought of that. But yeah, they, they were at least decent enough to send me the rug, but they were going to kill us on a couple of occasions. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Dear Ted, thanks for your business. <laughs> yeah, right. It, but it was 300 bucks. You'd think they would just steal it and then never ship the rug. Well, look at you. You made it to the end of the episode, and we certainly appreciate that. We're going to be posting pics related to this story on our Instagram account, which is YMIS Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and subscribe, or maybe even more importantly, tell somebody about us. And speaking of telling, if you're interested in telling your most interesting story, follow the link in our show description. You can also email us at ymisspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be interesting. I am looking at flights to Morocco right now. I want to get in on this, this rug and heroin game. That's where the expression drug smuggling monkey comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>